Welcome, everybody, to The Point of Pittsburgh, the podcast. As always, I am Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Steve, it was a gorgeous day here in the Steel City. Uh, a little bit, you know, on the chilly side. It was like one of those days where you just could put on like a long sleeve t-shirt or in some shorts if you wanted or, or pants. And uh, I did not attend the Pirate game. Had some Easter-related things going on here, but it was an absolute perfect day to go to see the Pirates, um, and especially to see a good old-fashioned pitcher's duel, and then there was just that one bad thing, which we'll be talking about here shortly, but other otherwise, it was a pretty good day around here. Yeah, the weather in Portland has been exactly the same as it has been for the past three months. Wow. Is that good? Yep, yeah, 50-ish and drizzling. That's oh. pretty much uh, oh. that's 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 how it rolls out here. But I mean, you know, we avoid the the coldest of the winter, you know. But uh, at, at the same time, though, it's you, you, we don't get much respite. The spring has come late here. Let's put it that way. So I think we're actually supposed to have a pretty nice, like, beautiful weekend this coming weekend. So I mean, hopefully, that's us turning the corner. But um, I don't know. It's it's here's the weird thing is is mm-hmm. you have to kind of root for a late spring here because if things start drying out too soon, then that means that fire season starts sooner. So like if you have a nice spring weather wise, basically that means August and September is just the whole state's going to be on fire, you know, maybe part of July as well, too. Like it's just. It's such a weird biome that I'm just not used to. Um, it's literally there's there's it, there's two seasons. It's rain and fire season out here. That's that's the Pacific Northwest. Is that a James Taylor song? I think you just described a James Taylor song. Ah, uh, I mean, I think there's a, I think it's along those lines. I don't know if he's specifically talking about weather, but I have <laughs> seen fire and I have seen rain. Steve. I think it's time for me to jump on the couch and share my thoughts with my favorite uh, baseball therapist. That's Dr. DiMaselli. So uh, the Pirates have had a, a good start. You know, even before today, when they moved to 6-3, and three, they were 5-3. and three. But um, Pirates fans always got to find that dark cloud in the sky. And I saw more than one person on Twitter... Uh, complaining about the Pirates pitching staff. Admittedly, there have been some rough starts by some folks. And people saying, well, we got to go out and trade for this guy. we got to go trade for Herman from uh, the Colorado Rockies, who's a guy that you and I talked about in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And apparently these guys either just play exclusively fantasy baseball or they've only been watching pro baseball for the past two weeks uh, because nobody makes trades of any note in the month of April and everyone just sort of needs to chill because there were a lot of people that were uh, ready to toss Oviedo out on the parkway after his uh, admittedly rough start against the Red Sox and my man came back and pitched a real gem today uh, with an almost unhittable slider and all of a sudden now those folks who wanted Oviedo out of the rotation have gotten a little quiet, and now all of a sudden, after one start, you got Keller as looking like an absolute rock, Contreras holding it down, and now it sure looks like Oviedo could be uh, 
uh, a guy at least in the four at, or at worst five spot um, that you can sort of depend on. So just everyone out there, relax. It's 162 games. Kevin, I hear you. Man, thank you. I feel so much better now. It's like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Um, but someone that is having a little bit of problems with weight and specifically putting any weight on his left leg is O'Neill Cruz, uh, who in the middle of today's very entertaining one nothing win, uh, crashed into Chicago White Sox backup catcher Zebby Savalas and fractured his left ankle. Um, I'm going to put on my doctor hat. I'm going to say that is a minimum of 8 to 12 weeks before we see Mr. Cruz back on the baseball diamond. And uh, that sort of puts a damper on what's been a really good opening week plus uh, for the season for the Pirates. And that sort of sucks. Yeah, he's kind of the guy that I think everybody watches and is excited to see. And he hasn't gotten off to a great start. But he right. hasn't been bad by any stretch of the imagine either or imagination either. Like, he hasn't lit the world on fire. But he's been pretty solid. Like, he looks like a different player this year. Like, I hate yeah. to see that development lost because he is sitting back and, and being more patient, drawing more walks. Yeah. Like, I mean, I last I looked, I haven't looked in the last couple of days, but he was at under 20% on strikeouts. Yeah. He, he so, was really showing some, what I thought was improvement. And it was kind of like what I was, I'd term it consolidating uh, his skill set. He wasn't out there trying to yank one over the Clemente wall every time he was up. No. Um, he was really working on some stuff. I thought his defense has been fine. Uh, no complaints there. Uh, I believe he already has two stolen bases on the year. So he was showing a lot of things. Um, and it just going the other way a lot, right? It just it just sucks, like you were saying. Um, he's definitely not a guy that you're like, oh, well, that's no big deal if we lose him. Uh, but here's the thing, and maybe it's just the glow of this win and their start. I'm not ready to take the leap off the bridge because for the first time in a long time. The Pirates have legitimate options doing things down in AAA that they can call upon. Uh, they're gonna, they did call up Mark Mathias, I believe, officially. Mm-hmm. And he's not a guy that's going to sell tickets. He's not a guy that's really interesting. But he's a guy that's competent. And he's going to give the Pirates some p- positional flexibility um, to move guys around. Uh, you know, they could put Matthias at short, Bay at second. They could do something like that or, you know, keep Castro at second and maybe, in my opinion, move Bay into the leadoff spot. I think that'd be a good solution here. But uh, as I was perusing through the opening week for Indianapolis, uh, remember old friend Tucapito Marcano? Yeah. Uh, My man's off to a blazing 500 batting average start. He has yeah. uh, started off 14 for 28, and he's currently sporting a 1446 OPS. He's hitting everything. He's hitting a lot yeah. to the gaps. He's uh, 
He's playing very, very well. I've I've watched an, an insane amount of minor league baseball already this season because I've got the MLB package, and that in, allows me to watch all of the Pirates minor league stuff. It's been fairly common the last week for me to have the 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 the, the Pirates on my actual TV, and then on my laptop, I'm like clicking between uh, whatever's most interesting that's going on in the minors at a given point. And obviously, we've seen more of Indianapolis than we have anybody else. But yeah, I mean, that's what Tukapita did last year is he got really, really hot in Altoona. The Pirates called him up and he got really that that hot streak carried over to uh, the majors for a little while. I'm actually surprised that he wasn't the guy, but uh, Matthias is is hot himself. And, And if I'm being honest, and not that this is really saying much of anything, but Matthias probably would have been the best second baseman on this team last year. Yeah, I mean that, that's obviously a pretty low bar uh, to to clear. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I just think that you know they can move him around. He can be like a super utility guy. Um, not saying that Marcano isn't, but they're probably just keeping him down there just to keep him in that good hot streak. And uh, if Matthias doesn't work out, they can just swap those guys out and see what happens. Yeah, I, I think Castro is probably going to see some time at shortstop. I think yep. that um, maybe his time at second base is going to go to Matthias. Like, but I, I think, yeah. I think Castro is going to be the probably the go-to at shortstop for the the time being. And he he has not looked great exactly at, at <laughs> so far this season. But um, it seems like the last couple of games, though, he's he's coming around with the stick and remembered how to like you know, swing the ball at the good pitches, you know, yes. or swing the bat at the good pitches and and not at the bad ones, you know. So he was not doing that the first few games of the season. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm probably just whistling past the graveyard, but um, I think the Pirates at least have some depth to get by here. So um, there are some players, though, that I think maybe we should be talking about. And let's trot out uh, an old friend of ours from our only Bucks days, and that's the panic meter. Uh, so I'm going to give you some guys, and you tell me on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being, oh my God, we got to uh, fold the team and get ready to relocate. Uh, what you think of these guys in terms of your panic level right now. You ready? Okay. Rich Hill. So... I'm going to go with a seven for him, and here's why. Early going, his fastball's already down. So he's he's lost maybe a mile and a half per hour on his fastball so far, um, and it's it's actually surprisingly playing a little better in terms of the value meter of, of compared to last year. I mean, it went from being an awful pitch for him last year as four-seamer to being an, you know, an, an okay pitch. Like, it's actually performing better, surprisingly. But um, losing velocity at his age when he didn't have much to begin with, and when you couple that with all of the home runs that he's yielding, it's not a good sign. It's just not a good sign. I'll, I'll go with that. I'll, I probably would have said a six, but you sort of talked me into a seven. So, yeah, I'll go with that one. All right, next up, Jack Sawinski. I'm not that concerned with him right now. I'm going to go with, like, a level three. I think in part because the Pirates have some other options that they can kind of lean on uh, for him. And also, he is still really, really young. 
I mean, I think he's just off to a bad start. He hasn't had many bad uh, many opportunities, but he has looked pretty off in the chances that he has gotten. Um, he's looked really behind on the fastball uh, in the, the the times that I have seen him. He has started to draw some more walks in the last couple of games, which I think is good. He's showing some more patience. I, I, I think he's not going to make it through the season without some kind of a stint in the minor leagues, though. It's it's just bound to happen, uh, and that's fine. Like I said, he's young enough. It's not. I'm not really concerned for his career at this point by any stretch of the imagination. And again, there's the Pirates have some other options uh, that they can slide into his role. Um, you know, that are available to them. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not really all that concerned about him. Although, you know, he obviously is not off to a great start. Do uh, disagree with my old friend here, and I'm going to put Swinsky firmly on an eight for the panic meter myself. Uh, my man is sporting a WRC plus of one, which is uh, one more than I have, and his strikeout rate is uh, not good. I believe it's in the mid 30s. Last I checked, um, 35.3. Now, admittedly, small sample size, of course. Sure. Uh, he was square on the ball up today. Uh, he did provide the only RBI on a sack fly uh, on a pretty well-struck ball. Um, so there's that. But he seems like a guy, like you said, that they have options. Uh, again, going back to Indianapolis, uh, you know I'm not a huge fan of his, but Travis Swaggerty has been uh, off to a very good start himself. And I could very easily see them swap Swinsky for Swaggerty if uh, if he doesn't straighten this out here in the next week or two. Yeah, Swaggerty had two bad games, and then he kind of, like, corrected it. Two bad games against Omaha, and he's been really, really solid ever since. Yeah, yeah. All right, and last up on the panic meter, uh, Cabrian Hayes. Yeah, I'm I'm a one on him. I'm not really worried about him at all. His BABIP's just been atrocious. He's been putting the ball in play. Uh, he's been hitting the ball pretty decently uh, the last couple of games. When in you know going into the air, it's just it's small sap, sample size blues. I'm I'm a okay with him. He's I, I'm sure he'll turn it around in in due time. He's just getting unlucky at this point. Yeah, I'll go with a four. Um, now, keep in mind, three of those four are built in of just how much I dislike him as a player. Sure. Uh, and I just I just don't see it with him. I, every year, it's like Lucy and the football with pirate fans and pirate media. This is the year. Look at him working out in the weight room. Uh, he, oh, he's striking the ball with backspin now. He's, he's going to work on his launch angle. And then... You know, every year, grinded and grinded into the dirt. Uh, no power. You know, um, it's well, just he has power. It's just into the dirt. Like he yeah. hits the ball like 110 miles directly <laughs> at the shortstop. Like yes. I really thought he was going to benefit from the shift dying, but it hasn't happened yet. But sorry yeah. to interrupt. You go. You go right along with where you were going. No, going. you're you're basically in the same spot. Um. All right, so here, here's a question for you coming out of the panic meter. Pirates are 6-3. and three. Uh, Obviously, we talked about O'Neill Cruz. They have the World Series champs coming into town. So kind of put that all into a 
Dimaselli bouillabaisse, and I'm going to ask you, should we be changing how we view the Pirates and how we view the season? No. That's correct. I guess you want me to elaborate that on, on that, though, right? It would be more interesting if you would, but that is the correct okay. answer. That's fine. So at the end of the last episode, if I recall correctly, I had kind of a little bit of a throwaway point that I said, you know, the wins that they have now before the call-ups start to happen count for a little bit more than they will after. Like the pre-ND wins are probably worth like 1.24 wins in the grand (laughs) scheme of things versus, um, you know, the wins afterwards. So here are some good signs that we're seeing so far. Obviously, they're winning games. They are winning games, um, you know, and, and they're stacking some wins that are pre-ND, so there's additional value to them. So um, they're also, their run differential, while it doesn't match up with uh, their wins and losses at this point, is not uh, atrocious. I mean, they're still positive win, uh, you know, they're, they're still one over, uh, yeah, they've still scored one more run than they've allowed, which is not... You know, not going to net you six and three unless you're getting lucky, but it's also, you know, indicative that you are at least playing, you know, even baseball. Uh, Do I think that this is necessarily sustainable? I don't, I'm not convinced of that yet. I need to see more time. Uh, If we come around and they're still around 500 in three weeks, then I mean, you might start. Uh, changing the outlook and now you say well maybe they're gonna hang around 500 for the whole season or if they're still somehow around the uh the the 600 you know the 550 600 spot then you can start saying well maybe maybe they've got a real chance at the at the playoffs once things start coming together and, and they get the real you know some real additional talent in this lineup but as of right now you know especially with the cruise injury i'm not gonna i'm, I'm not gonna really change uh, my outlook that much, but I do think, you know, just in this first week, because they've overperformed and stacked wins pre um, I, I would probably still look at my, uh, I, I would probably revisit that, you know, 73 games and maybe say, I think now they're going to win 75, but does that really, is that an appreciably different season? No, not at all. But I think they will be a little better than maybe I thought, but not, not to the point where I'm going to change my expectations for what this season ought to be. No, that's that's all extremely correct. Uh, this is also a reminder to everyone listening that the team that you see here on April 9th, as we record this, is going to be drastically different come July 1st. Uh, you're going to be seeing a lot of influx of talent, I believe, from, from minors uh, that might be taking over some key positions, um, or even some guys that are, are going to get kind of weeded out uh, in the bullpen, maybe just replaced instead of being negatives on this team, they might just be just dudes instead of uh, actively hurting the bullpen. So that would always be refreshing. So yeah, I agree with you that uh, anything that happens before I'll even say June first is is very positive. So yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, we kind of got a little gray cloud rain on the parade there a little bit with O'Neill Cruz and the panic meter, but there's been a lot of good stuff going on with this team. Um, Why don't you pick, let's do, let's do a thought exercise. And for our loyal listeners, we did not 
write down our three our three stars. So we're going to kind of do this. We're going to workshop this one live. So in the first nine games, I want you to tell me. Let's each take a turn and let's pick our three stars. Doesn't have to be necessarily in any particular order. Um, but why don't you go first with with your? We'll say your third star. We'll try to build up to it. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're pretty similar this week. I think that there's some obvious choices here. Um, the third star, though, I think we could go in a couple of different directions. Because um, mm-hmm. I think there's so there's a few guys that I could put in here. Um, and I'll refrain from, you know, knocking those down. But, you know, I, because I think you've got, uh, you know, I want to give you an opportunity to share yours. But mine is going to be Andrew McCutcheon. He's had a hell of a week. This honestly might be the best start that he's had as a pirate. Uh, and plus all the feels. Like yes. this week has been the Andrew McCutcheon week. And and there's no way – he has not been the best performer on the diamond for the Pirates. But he has been the um, – the stories are – the stories about him. You know, this is his week. This was his series. This was his weekend. And again, he's performed excellently, you know, since he's he's been back. I mean, obviously the fact that he's a DH now is going to suppress the war that he's getting from the – uh, you know, from from the offense that he is generating, but he's generating more than enough to justify him being a DH. Yep. No, that's that's a great choice, uh, and I I cannot disagree with you. Obviously, on that one, I'm gonna go for my number three. Uh, maybe a little bit off base, but I'm gonna say Colin Holderman. Okay. Uh, I have really liked how he's grab the setup spot, the eighth inning roll, and he's not letting go of it. He's got a really nice look at Arsenal, including a sitting 98-mile-per-hour fastball. Um, And he's been that bridge that the Pirates have needed to get to what has been an absolutely dominant closer, which I'm not going to spoil that right now. But, yeah, Colin Holderman's my number three star. Okay, cool. Um, he was definitely one of the other people that I think would logically fit here. Yeah. So again, I'm going to, I'll refrain from the others because I could possibly see you having, um, you know, I I could possibly see you having, uh, one of the other ones as your second star, but my second star for this week is Mitch Keller. Um, Mm -hmm. excellent start, excellent follow-up start. Um, you know, really, I think you sort of said it earlier that he's kind of locking down um, his position in the rotation, and I do think that that is the case. Uh, I, I think he's he's outstanding. I think I, honestly, I, I really I kind of locked him in before today, but I mean Oviedo actually could have slotted in there too. I mean he had a really rough first inning in Boston, but ever since then, I mean like he's pitched what now like is that ten and two thirds innings without allowing a run? Yeah, I guess or is it, it would just be. nine and two thirds. I, th- I think it's it's somewhere in that neck of the woods. But I mean, he's been he's been stellar since that bad first inning. But I'm going to still go with Keller um, because Keller was absolutely locked down. Uh, you know, for a second start of the season, I, I thought he was incredible. So uh, and he's he's sw- striking guys out, um, going deep into games. That's exactly what they need from him. Yeah, I'd I'd like us maybe on our uh, normal Wednesday pod. Uh, to maybe do a little bit of a deeper dive on Keller because he has been on a heater since about June of last year. And it can pretty much be traced to 
one pitch, in my opinion, and that's his sweeper uh, that he's adopted. And uh, I'd like us to maybe get into that a little bit more. Uh, yeah, in, yeah, in I, I think that would be great. I yeah. think he's worth he's worth some more time on. Yep. So my number two, I sort of alluded to him, uh, is David Bednar. And he's just picked up where he left off at the beginning of last year. And up until uh, Joe Mangiello's stunt double, Derek Shelton, decided to throw him for three innings and ruin his arm for the 2022 season. He's been absolutely dominant. He comes in today uh, throwing pure gas, uh, doing his hurly burly impression, and just absolutely dominant. Uh, he's in that mode right now where when I see him come in, I am not worried about how that ninth inning is going to go at all. Uh, just love what he's doing out on the mound, love his confidence. Velocity is peak right now. Uh, just wiping guys out and just making games very, very basic in the ninth inning, which is good. So uh, I'm going to guess that you and I are going to have the I same. Think we're in, I think we're in sync on this one. Have the same sure. number one. So why don't you start off praising uh, your number one and I'll finish it off. Yeah. So my number one is, is uh, G-Man Choi. Yes. So. Yes. As always, we're on the same page. <laughs> I mean, he's been. Never mind. We're not going to go. We're not going to go there. So, That's but right. Brian Reynolds has been sick. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, just crushing the ball. Like his, uh, I you know, his, some of his home runs just just kind of made you giggle when he was in. Uh, you know, uh, when when we were in Boston, um, because they just kind of reminded you a little bit. They just sort of sneak over the fence, but they still got there. You know. Um, and it, it's not like they were – it wasn't like they were going to the cheap part of the park in in Fenway either. You know, so um, he earned all of them, but it, it just felt like revenge for those last two games in Cincinnati where, uh, you know, everything felt like it was – every fly ball felt like it was leaving the park for the Reds. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, he's just – he's making great contact. He's running well. He's seeing the ball well. Um, you know, he's getting, you know, really good, you know, um, you know, just really good contacts. There's really no other way to describe it. He's, he's basically doing the work of two and a half people, uh, because Mm -hmm. his WRC plus is a robust 252. Mm -hmm. My man has five home runs. The rest of the team combined has six. That's Mm -hmm. no, that's no slight. On the Pirates, uh, that's just showing just how absolutely dominant he's been. Uh, he's already racked up just under one uh, F4, so he's basically on track for, uh, let me see here, some quick math, about a mm, 18 more season, so that'll, yeah, be, still get there. that'll be pretty tidy. Uh, that'll be nice mm-hmm. when, when he tucks that in. Um, certainly seems like he's making a statement to the front office, uh, not to read a lot into that necessarily, but, um, yeah, I might be interested in that, revisiting that no trade clause and maybe, let's, maybe just, yeah, let's make it happen. Well, the, yeah. you mean the, uh, the, the release clause or the, yeah, I'm sorry. The, the opt out clause. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll be fine with, with four cheap years of him, you know, we might as well get this deal done now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What the heck? Um, 
so yeah, that's that's no surprise that we are in agreement on that one. Uh, what else? Uh, I guess even though we're only doing three, uh, I did want to maybe have a special shout out for Jason Delay. Okay. Um, kind of going back to what you said about bank and wins. Uh, every at bat that Tyler Heineman and Jason Delay are not awful. Uh, allows Andy Rodriguez some more time to quote develop down in Triple A. Mm-hmm. So C and Delay um, have a nice start, and even Tyler Heineman have a nice start. Has been uh, been a positive in what was otherwise going to be potentially a real black hole of the lineup. We could do eight stars this week. Yeah, easily. Yeah, I definitely have a so, couple other guys to talk about, but yep, it's been uh, it's been a fun week. For sure. Yeah. Um, like, you know, as, as I've said, you know, these wins count for more. So, I mean, if you are watching this team with that understanding that these wins count for more, this week has been even more fun. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not sitting there saying, oh, man, we're a game behind. Uh, we got to make a move. You know. Yeah. But. Idiots. Idiots. Surrounded by them. Uh, you got anything else you want to clear off the docket? No, I'm good, man. I think we got this. Yeah. We get a short, we, we get a short off week this week. So we're, That's we're, right. we're, we're, we'll record again on Wednesday. So we don't want to talk too much. Yeah. We, we are slaves to the content machine. So yeah, we will get you that sweet T-pop content that you've been craving. Uh, we'll probably record on Wednesday and, but otherwise, I guess we'll be talking about uh, Sweep of the Astros, so that'll be pretty sweet. And uh, We can only dream. I guess I will see you then. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, until we record again, I am still Kevin Cray. I'm Steve DiMaselli.